as an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. But there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diaries, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. In this episode, I'm joined by returning guest Tyson Butler Boschma for Chapter 2 of Dev Diary, a first for this series. So buckle in, enjoy this brand new episode. So today, for the first Chapter 2 episode of Dev Diary ever, after, and here's some trivia for you, mate, 1,512 days since the uh, since the first time this our episode went to air. Tyson, How long is that in years? How long is that in years? Four years and a month, thereabouts. Four years and a month, that's April, wild to think April that it was that long ago. Yeah, wow. 2019 is when our first episode went to end. Welcome back to the show, man. So much can happen in such a short period of time, really. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me back. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about what's been happening in the past four years. It's crazy. Yeah, so I think yeah. a lot of people, and I guess introducing uh, this this chapter two sort of sequence for people uh, within the show here, this is a golden opportunity to come back and revisit guests who've been on the show in the past. And as you touched mm. on yourself, there's been a lot of change, a lot of growth, um, a lot of key markers along the way within your professional career that uh, it's an opportunity for us to revisit and touch on. And so Beautiful. with quite a few things that have gone on in your game dev life since the, that, uh, well, that 1,512-day uh, <laughs> counter started ticking, it was yep. an awesome opportunity to come back and have a chat, and so really thrilled to have you on board. And thank you. Um, it's going to be far more casual than the, the the usual format for people. It's a lot less structured. I I don't have notes for starters. I know what I want to cover, and we're gonna we're gonna go cool. for it and have a bit of fun. Look, so if I'm being cool. honest, I yeah, cool. If I'm being honest, I prefer kind of winging it anyway. I think you get like a bit more natural sort of response and stuff anyway. It's it's, it's kind of like having a conversation, which, which yeah. I always enjoy. So yeah. which I think always works well for the show anyway. But now we're going mm. real freeform, everyone. So let's, yeah, very let's get cool. into it anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess before we even dive too much into the game dev work, and there's been lots of stuff there to discuss, um, how things kind of changed for you over the course of the last few years? I mean, do you, do you, I mean, we were talking pre-show that uh, in terms of you know time management and those sort of things, and how you get around mm. everything. Um, how does you know how do things like the consumption of video games as well as the creation of it fit in? What what what's the day to day looking like these days? Yeah, um, so obviously, like, it, it's pretty wild compared to, like, back then. So, like, when we did our, our first sort of chat together, uh, that was at AIT in the city, which was when yeah. I was still a, still a lecturer at the Academy of Information Technology, which I haven't done lecturing for many, many years now. Um, in terms of, like, my day-to-day, so it's still the usual, uh, you know, nine-to-five job that, you know, pays to have all the bills done and stuff like that and make sure I've got a roof over my head. Uh, I'm still doing uh, my toy box work with that team yep. that we were discussing. I'm, I'm sure we'll go into that uh, in Absolutely. you know more deeply a bit later, but I'm doing that as well. Uh, and then uh, on top of that, it's just sort of like little things here and there. Like I like doing talks. I act as a um, I act as part of the advisory committee for RMIT for some of their game section stuff. Uh, I run the Unreal event meetups uh, with one yep. of my colleagues, Yasin. So we're doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just lots of work. And, you know, I kind of said to you earlier, it often feels like all I ever really do is work. Um, I'll be the first to admit that it's a struggle to get that kind of work-life balance when you're trying to do, like, so many things at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I think um, if I had have spoke, if I could go back and speak to, like, 16-year-old me when I first decided that I wanted to get into games and stuff, it would be an interesting conversation because I very, very, very much love the thing that I do. But the one thing that I hadn't quite prepared myself for when I started working in this industry was how much less I'd get to actually play games. So, yeah, it's um, I try and fit them in when I can. Um, I recently finished um, Hi-Fi Rush, which was, like, oh, super, nice. super cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I knew I wanted to play it, but I just hadn't had a chance to sit down and do it. Um, but it's, like, games like that that have, like, really interesting systems and mechanics kind of remind me why I enjoy making them so much. Um but yeah, that's that's the general day to day. Lots lots of work going on, trying to make sure I fit in, you know, enough time for like my relationships and my family and partner and stuff like that, uh, and then where I can fit in some gameplay as well. So yeah. Uh, what else is? I mean, obviously you mentioned High Five Rush is a is a recent thing, but has there been mm. that's really tickled your fancy and grabbed your interest of those few uh, games you had the opportunity to play? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I might have mentioned it the first time we spoke about sort of how how much I'm inspired by like God of War 2018. Yep. Uh, and obviously last year Ragnarok came out, right? And, oh, so good. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It was just a fantastic example of kind of like, like it's obviously it has some expansiveness, but at its core, it's like linear storytelling. And just the way that you can create something that's like so cinematic and masterful, yeah. it's just like really inspiring to see that kind of stuff, which is super cool. Um, my current recurring game that I keep playing is Halo Infinite. Obviously, I'm a Halo okay. fanboy, so I, I jump into that quite regularly. I know the new season's coming out soon. I'm excited for that, which will be good. So um, when I say regularly, like I might hop on and play an hour or two once a week, but you know, that's the game that I'm constantly that's playing that's recurrently consistent. and stuff. Yeah, that's it. So that but um in general i just have like my list of games that i want to go through that i consider to be like um like really interesting so obviously i finished um i finished ragnarok and stuff like that i've got the new star wars is on my list um survivors i'm really keen to check that out um and, and just different games like that but in general i find myself being more interested in uh, game experiences that I kind of can do by myself at this point. Yeah. I find I find a lot of pleasure not just in playing games these days, but um, experiences where I can kind of just block the rest of the world out. I think a lot of people in general who play games can kind of appreciate that sentiment. Sure. But yeah, just the ability to kind of zone in on something and sort of be lost in it. Um, after just watching the, the breakdown that uh, Bethesda did of like Starfield, I see that as like a game that I'm absolutely going to love to just sort of immerse myself in a universe and kind of get lost in it for hours at a time, which is going to be really cool. Um, yeah, six-month yeah. block and that's, that's it. That's oh, it's, that's, that's yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough one, I reckon, when that comes out. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I mean, yeah. everything we saw in Skyrim is just, you know, amplify it. It's going to oh, be. Oh, yeah, it, it looks else. awesome. And again, just a great testament to kind of why I love the craft of making games more so than just like, I love playing them, but I like looking at it as someone who's been doing this for 11 years now, I'm just like, like mouth agape, just in awe of just like the technical achievement that a lot of that stuff was. So it's like, it's, it's really cool to see. It, so, it was one of those yeah. incredible things for me. And like I've touched on it on other Player 2 content recently, but mm. uh, I, I was fortunate enough to go to Fortress courtesy of Microsoft. They invited me, front row seats, apparently popped yep. up in a whole bunch of social media stuff. So I copped a pasting from a few students when I got back to school. <laughs> um, but uh, the what what they've done with that game, like, I mean, you talk about, you know, the Jorah game, mm. that sort of thing. When we were watching, and this was me, media, influencers, and then yeah. hundreds of just general fans of Xbox sitting in this room watching, and it was just, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. Everyone was just completely swept up yeah. in the whole thing. It was that reaction that you described and just multiplied. Yeah. It was like there was no, you know, is this just me? Am I misinterpreting? Like, am I just falling in love with something here unnecessarily yeah everyone was in the same boat it was it was yeah. unreal what they were doing so yeah the the presentation was a masterclass. like whoever the team was behind actually putting that together like kudos it's yeah. been it's been a hot minute since i've like watched something and just genuinely been like like completely willing to forget anything that's happened in the past right like you know games games are games and there can be issues at launch and there can be bugs and stuff like that um, and it's been like a long time since I've been like, there is nothing you can tell me at this point that's going to dampen my excitement for this thing. Um, and that's like, that's really cool. I, I like that kind of stuff. And I've been talking to heaps of other people as well. And it's the same sentiment. It's just like that deep dive was just a great just showcase of like what's possible with games. And yeah, it, it's really awesome to kind of see people have so much buzz around yeah. something like that. It's really exciting, so yeah. It's certainly something that I'd like to see more of from the, from the big publishers and those sorts of mm. positions to be able to deliver that sort of thing to to dive sure. deep like that. And I guess not every game is you know built the same. And obviously, like oh, of course, a, yeah. a game like Starfield, there's so many different systems that you can introduce. Yeah. Other games don't necessarily rely on as many on as many. But you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be 45 minutes either. You can scale. No, it, it doesn't. Like those sorts of deep dives, yeah. I think, are, are huge. And we used to see lots of them, um, but it's thinned out a little bit in this very yeah, for sure. direct style area that we're in so it was a great yeah. kind of throwback there and i really really enjoyed i agree it. yeah so Absolutely. on the professional side now you obviously mentioned toy box before and that's probably a good place yes. to start with because obviously that was a big focus of our chat last time and uh again that you know i as when the episode first went to air we were referring to as primal primordials fireborn has yes. gone through a bit of growth and change in that time it has so that, so, that's um, so I'll weird hearing that name yeah yeah no worries so yeah I've, primordials I've kind of like i i looked at and i said oh yeah fireborn right yeah I, I don't even i don't think of it that way anymore no no way it's it's a completely different thing at this point so 
Um, I've said this a few times when like talking to people about it, but I'll say it here again uh, as well, because I, I think it's really important. So what Primordial's Fireborn was, it still technically is. Um, and I'll go into what I mean by that. But basically it got to the point where when I was talking to you originally, like we had this super ambitious game that we were trying to make, which to this day, I still believe we would have been capable of making yeah. um, if we had have got the financial backing that we needed in order to work full time. Now, we went to GDC with this game and did a bunch of other things. And the problem we ran into, which looking back on it with like a clearer hindsight, I can completely understand why this was a problem. But practically every publisher we spoke to was like, this game looks super cool. Your team is clearly super talented. But for what you're trying to do and for the amount of money you're asking for, you have no proven track record. And that's super, super scary to us. And we're like, oh, crap, you know, like, what do we even do? Um, and we like spoke to a bunch of people that we respect in the industry. So that's industry peers and mentors. Um, and after like quite a bit of like internal soul searching, because we'd been working on this for many years at this point, right? It had been point, a long right? time coming at that point. It had been a long time. And like we'd shown it at PAX and a lot of people were keen for it. It took a lot of internal soul searching for us to kind of accept that if we kept going down the path we were going down, we were just going to burn ourselves out to a point where we never got this thing done and everything was going to be a failure. So we decided as a team that it was best to not abandon that game, but take a step back and look at it from the perspective of, okay, we've been given, we've been told what the problem is, which is we haven't proven we can ship a game. You don't right? have credits in the bank. We don't have credits in the bank. So how do we deal with that problem? Well, you know, we discussed about the fact that we'd had tons of like little successful game jam games and different stuff like that. But we eventually came back to the idea that we're like, well, this universe we've created, we've spent like so much time building the lore and all this other sort of stuff. We didn't want to just sort of abandon it suddenly, uh, which is where we came up with the idea for Legends or the Primordials Legends as the current game is well known. Yeah. So we looked at it from the perspective of if we took everything we know from Fireborn, our skills and stuff like that, but we dialed it down to like a far tighter, simpler sort of uh version of what fireborn kind of is right so it's still a beginning middle and end complete story yeah. but it's just less large in terms of scope there's not like a ton of really intricate boss fights and all this other sort of stuff if we bring that down and we work on that for a couple of years could we get it done and we get it done completely in service of the primordials franchise right so eventually returning to fireborn and what that is so everything that is currently within uh, and you'll see it there. So a lot of the assets that exist within the current game, which is Primordial's Legends Hollow Hero, have been directly brought over from, from Fireborn. And then likewise, a ton of the assets that we're working on on Hollow Hero will be able to be directly pushed back into, for, into Fireborn, right? And that's not just from an asset perspective, but it's also a lore perspective. So Primordial's Legends Hollow Hero is our third-person action-adventure game about an enigmatic combat wombat, right? Which is obviously like the key hook. And she's this really cool character that travels out out into the world for the first time from a law perspective this game actually takes place like 20 30 years before the events of fireborn within our universe in fireborn you played as ash which was like our phoenix character and within the hollow which is a space that exists within our world as well uh brunt who is our wombat character actually acts as your trainer vendor in Fireborn. So she's like the general of this place by the time you get to meet her in Fireborn. She's a grizzled warrior that's like experienced, an experienced veteran, etc. So we're getting an origin story here. Really. That's right. So we were, this is kind of an origin story for a character that I thought was a really cool character anyway. And I'm like hugely passionate about Wombats. So we saw that as an opportunity and we saw these ledgers as an opportunity for us to make some smaller games that still completely fit within the Primordial's mythos. But also achieves a certain goal that we need to consider as a business. Because I think when we were working on Fireborn, we were looking at it purely from the perspective of our like passion and passion ambition for what we wanted to make, right? Um, and as a result, we kind of neglected reality in some ways, which is why well, we kind of bit lens. off. That's, that's right. So we had to bring that business lens in, and I think that's more what we're focusing on now with regards to how we're doing it. So Primordial's Legends Hollow Hero maintains all of that stuff we love about creating like ex like expansive, beautiful story told games that like, you know, really push the limits of what is kind of possible from an artistic standpoint for an indie team and storytelling and all that sort of stuff. Um, but brings it down to a small enough bite chunk that we 
looking at it internally, we're like, if we never get any support for this game outside of the work we do off of our own backs, we will still be able to ship it. That's right. And that was the ultimate goal. So, and hilariously, as soon as we took that approach, as soon as we announced this update to the new game, that's when we started getting way more potential help from people. It's so funny that, right? Like we were looking for it in a certain way and then we were like, all right, fine, well, we'll just do it ourselves. And we pulled that back. That's when people were more interested in getting on board. Yeah, and just stuff like that. And like, so we're still in the process of like discussing things like funding and all that other sort of stuff with like the Australian screen industries uh, and potentially like publishers and investors and stuff like that. But ultimately this game, even now is still being built from the perspective of if we had to make it ourselves, could we? And then that way, once that's done, we can then move forward being like, look, we did exactly what you asked. One, we've proven that we can actually do this stuff. But two, you should be impressed that we actually took your feedback and we've applied it in such a way that you can see that we're like, if you were to work with us as business partners, it also is kind of a showcase of our tenacity and our ability to get things done when we like work on it. And enact um, feedback and all those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, and all that kind of stuff that's like a lot more than just the ability to make a game, but it's those soft skills that are important for like relationships and your ability to create relationships, like professional relationships with like publishers and and, and communities and all that sort of stuff. So that was the kind of stuff that we were, were focused on. Um, and other than that, our sort of our de- development principles has very much remained the same. So we work every Sunday, Monday night. So we work every full Sunday we work Monday nights and we work Tuesday nights. Now, that means we get one day off a week amongst the group of us that work at Toybox. That's not a lot of time when we're yeah. considering things like work-life balance. And we're not ignorant to the fact that, like, obviously what we're doing is, like, the second we do any hours beyond our uh, normal work jobs, we're technically doing crunch, right? Yeah. And you consider that with the fact that we're trying to, like, live our lives at the same time. There are certain exceptions that we obviously give each other. And those are the days we try to work. If someone can't come in on a Sunday, it's fine. There's nothing we can do about it, and it's fine. Like, we'd rather you be okay and, like, look after your mental health and stuff because of the incredible strain that we're under uh, than, you know, to, like, to push it uh, in a way. And, of course, we're not, like, paying each other anything either. So it's, like, there there has to be those kind of considerations. But it is is a sacrifice of time, I'm not going to lie. Like, we're putting a lot of our... When they talk about blood, sweat, and tears, like, we're literally putting a lot of that of of ourselves into this game. So, yeah. Um, You're obviously talking about, you know, partners and potential finances Mm. and those sort of things. And I I think about a fascinating conversation that we had at PAX last year, actually, Mm. because at the time... There was a Kickstarter in play um, yes. for for Hollow Hero, and uh, you you kind of I mean you were discussing the progress of it at that point, and mm. for anyone who's you know, aware, I mean it went live, uh, things didn't work out in that in that sense, but there was lots mm. of positives that you were actually taking out of it in terms of what it could mean for future potential. Um, anything you're able to kind of share from that period that you know I guess some of the things that we discussed that you know are okay for the audience here as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, one of the really big things is like, obviously that Kickstarter wasn't successful. Um, one of the things that I really respect about a lot of my teammates and just sort of us at Toybox in general is our um, our really solid ability to sort of get knocked down and then get back up sort of thing and then yeah. take the lessons that we've learned and apply them and then come back better and stronger the next time. And if I'm being honest, we've been knocked down a lot of times, right? We have very much learned how to do things by smashing our heads against a wall until we understood how to not smash our heads against a wall anymore. Like it was kind of, that was very much our learning process and it's made us like really effective at like taking feedback and not taking it personally and and, and different things like that. But I think it's also just improved our sort of camaraderie as a team as well. Um, With regards to like what we've learned and stuff, it was when we released that, uh, when we put out... uh, like the actual Kickstarter itself. Obviously, we didn't reach the goal that we wanted, but I think about that from the perspective of we didn't reach the goal with the people that knew about us and the game at the time, which was very limited, which was like basically friends, family, some media like yourself that I know that were like obviously got it out there and stuff like that. But we don't have like significant reach by any measure of the word, right? But through that Kickstarter... We then got more audience. We had some viral was, luck with one of the Steam Twitter. There was the Steam Next Fest as well. If there I was the st- that Steam Next Fest, which like literally gave us like I think it was like a five thousand percent increase on our wish lists, right? And like all this sort of stuff, like massive things that occurred during that time that directly resulted in us having 
new material to take to like funding bodies and stuff like that, right? So we're like, okay, cool. The Kickstarter kind of flopped, but in many ways, the Kickstarter was a success, at least in my mind, because it was, it took us through the process of getting, for lack of a better term, a pitch together and then getting that pitch out there in front of people so they kind of knew what we were trying to make. Because at this point, this was like, just after like COVID, right? Like we, before COVID kicked in, as far as anyone was aware, we were working on Fireborn and then we disappeared off the face of the planet for like two and a half years. COVID right? was a good time to just disappear. COVID like was too, a yeah. good time to just disappear <laughs> under the veil. But it was also a kind of, you know, it was, a, it was a brutal time for like a lot of people. And it was a brutal time for us where we were kind of going through, we were in our cocoon, right? We were going through like a process of transformation. Um, and then we come out the other side and we're like, hey, here's this whole new thing we've been doing. And everyone's like, what the heck, man? Like, I thought you were doing Where's this kind of thing? stuff. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, it's, it's there. It just, it, it's a bit different, right? And then being able to show that and then realize that like what we were lacking before were like just simple things like the ability to hook our audience on an idea. And now all of a sudden, like when we say something simple as like, it's like God of War, but with a wombat, right? And people like instantly smile and laugh at that concept, but it's so easy to grasp. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and it's all these things that we can like hang on to that we're like, we now have like tangible evidence, right? It's not just a, we think this game will be great because we care about it. We have like tangible evidence that like, here is literally a thread of a thousand comments on reddit of people going bananas for this thing right like you know and stuff like that here is a thread on twitter that has you know fifteen thousand likes that just showcases people's like extreme anticipation for this particular thing right and then recently other metrics like you mentioned you know the the spike in wish lists and all those sorts of things and all that kind of stuff and then like one of the really big things so as a result of that so again our our kickstarter kind of fell at the wayside but as a result we got uh we ended up getting in contact with some of the organizers of um future game show and they were like we love this thing like it looks so cool um can we help you out can we give you like a space to like showcase your game and stuff and then obviously for us like that's that's access to stuff that we just had never had access to before right so then of course you know march around march this year we release our new trailer which is already miles better than the first one we made even six months ago right which showcases more story and all this other sort of stuff that ends up you know i think it was at future game show i think there was like 60 games that were showcased during that event right and it was streamed by obviously uh, Games Radar, but also IGN. Now, of those sixty games, IGN decided to upload the trailers to twelve of them, including ours. Right. Which so helps. I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. There's two things we can take from this. Obviously, IGN's just uploaded our trailer, which just means it's going to get some pretty good viewership, right? But it also means that like IGN, one of if not the biggest games media like company in the world right identifies something in this identifies our game as something that's worth uploading to their channel that has incredible intrinsic value even if it doesn't have like monetary value you know what i mean so we've done that i think about and look it was a a controversial sort of thing recently there was a video that they put up about games and you know get less than sevens and you know the people you know yeah if we don't reveal it it's not that good anyway and like I thought that was a very dismissive and not necessarily appropriate way of kind of delivering the message. I can but, agree with that for sure. But yeah. when we're talking about um, how a big outlet needs to operate, they, yeah. they're looking to identify things and cover things like that. Because, uh, you know, and there, there's a line of um, honesty that I appreciate and also truth mm. to the whole thing that like the resource that it's required sometimes to allocate someone to review or to you know get preview coverage mm. or whatever these things happen to be is and this sounds horrible is going to, it's not worth it on a game if people aren't going to be engaged talking about it that's right so it is a, it is a sad reality it's the bill yeah. it's, it's it's sad for those who unfortunately yeah. miss the cut for those sort of things for whatever yep. the reason is but it's the reality of absolutely business at the end of the day. it is the reality of business and at the end of the day right like as as much as i wish i could just make games and not have to pay my bills the hope is that this game does well enough that I can. And that's right. And seeing this kind of thing where like, we can see that like, okay, people are genuinely interested in this, right? That's like really good for our, like not just our, our hopes that this game will actually make us some money. Right. But also that 
people actually like give a crap <laughs> about like what we're making, right? Which is really, really good for morale. I think of those 12 games, there was only one that outpaced us in terms of views. And I think that was Witchfire, which was already well oh, known yeah, before, yeah, yeah. which was already well known before it went up there anyway. So of, like all that stuff, not only that, we got, I think it was like 250,000 views by the time it had kind of started to slow down, right? Oh, right. And then that for us is like, that not says that literally just looking at like our thumbnail, is enough to like draw people in, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is just the it's the again the kind of stuff that we just we didn't have with Fireborn yet, and I have no doubt we would have got there, but just the path to get there with Fireborn was just so much longer yeah. <laughs> than what we've managed to achieve with Hollow Hero, right? So with Hollow Hero, we now have the opportunity to take all of this stuff we've learned in a far faster situation and then we can apply it to the bigger stuff later right like right now we're going through the process of like getting everything ready for steam we're looking at like setting up achievements and all this other sort of like really cool stuff right that kind of things that like i didn't ever really consider when i was like oh i'm going to be making games i should probably make sure i know how to link up the steam like you know sdks and apis to the game so that when they apply it does something and achievement triggers right like so far away it's that's it you know what i mean and yet it's stuff that we need to consider so the fact that we're like tackling that kind of stuff now means that yeah we 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 get to know how to do it on a smaller scale which is a little bit less scary and then hopefully that means that we can prove to you know future investors that hey look we've shown that we can do this and all we need is the time and money to do it on a bigger scale so like what do you reckon and then just go from there so yeah, it's, it's really, really mm. cool. And I guess uh, looking at this as kind of an enthusiastic and uh, you know fan of what you, you and the team have been doing and on a consumer mm. side, now I hear you starting to talk about things like achievements and those sort of things. And yes, my brain yes, instantly yes. starts kicking <laughs> the gear. That, like, there's got to be lots of systems that are starting to come together here and things are starting yes. to feel pretty cohesive. Yeah, I absolutely. do not want to put you in a box. <laughs> Yep. But I guess how how would you say things are traveling if we you know I mean I don't want to go put a percentage or any of those sort of silly things on it but like how are you feeling about the trajectory of things at the moment in terms of timelines very, and that sort of very thing? well um I've always approached this from the perspective of like I think it's important for like especially consumers to understand that games are not a linear process and they it can be incredibly difficult to make and and things can you can run into problems so the way I would describe it is I'm still definitely not giving a release date for this Good. thing <laughs> we can currently play through the game. That is how I'll describe That's it. Excellent. So that means that basically the majority of our systems, enemies, all of that sort of stuff works in quotation marks. Now, there are bugs edges. galore that we're trying to stomp out, right? There's a current issue that we're dealing with where you load into one of the levels and for some reason, unbeknownst to us currently, like this is as of this week, the, the performance just tanks, right? Now, I have yeah. no idea. I have no doubt we will figure out what that is. It's just a weird spike that keeps occurring, which means it's just something in the background that's being loaded. But like, that's where we're at, where we can like literally see the entirety of what this game is meant to be, which is like super exciting. But obviously we're still in the process of getting that kind of stuff done as well. Um, like, you know, making those fixes and stuff like that. But um, it's all very cool. If I, was to de- if I was to describe it, I'd say we're at like the polish phase. So like, not like, not like polish as in like, we're just adjusting some plants and stuff, but we're taking something that is like, we've built the skeleton of this thing. We know every single step of the path. So now it's just about like making it something that, would be presentable to players from both a design art programming standpoint where my, my solution to it can't be just like, oh, just, just press the button, like the, the, like the developer key that allows us to teleport up this wall because the wall doesn't work. Like, obviously we need to start making it so that the wall actually works, right? But like, in terms of like being able to like go through all that stuff, that's where we're currently at. Um, and then of really course, exciting. you know, yeah, it's super exciting. And then as, on top of that as well, when we're talking about polish phase, so like one of the things... Uh, one of the big comments we got during PAX, like a lot of people really enjoyed playing that game, but a thing that we often saw as like responsiveness was that things, that the controls could sometimes feel a little bit floaty. So like that's with regards to like jumping and platforming and with regards to combat and stuff like that. Like polish wise, combat and platforming is years beyond what we originally saw at PAX Oz last year, right? So we've like, we've really like tightened and honed that kind of stuff to like really make it feel super good based on the feedback we've got. So that's kind of the, that's the position we're at where we're just sort of going through and and getting this game to a point where we're satisfied with it. Again, the advantage of us building it ourselves is it's not coming out until we're happy with it. And, you know, I guess we can get a little bit of a perfectionist mindset from that, but we're like, if this 
this is going to be our first commercial game. Like, I don't expect this game to come out and people to be like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, right? At the end of the day, we're heavily inspired by God of War. We can't compete with God of War. We're not Santa Monica. We don't have Sony backing us with like a blank check. You know what I mean? But I want people to be able to play it and be like, yeah, this small team from Melbourne built something that's like super impressive in like a really nice bite, small bite chunk that I played for a couple of hours and was incredibly satisfied with. I can't wait to see what they can do when they've got the time and resources to yeah. do something of a larger scale. That's ultimately the goal of what we're trying to achieve. So, yeah. Mate, it's awesome news. And um, I mean, myself personally, really excited by that. You know, there's, as you said, not putting a date on it or, window or, yeah. or any of those sort of things. But uh, yeah. I mean, I can extrapolate a little bit from that. And it's it's an exciting mm. prospect. Um, and I'm it really, is. really looking forward to, yeah. to whenever that time comes. And of course, feel free to... For yeah, sure. I'll, I'll Look, if it helps, we are we are definitely planning at being at PAX again this year. So you'll right, be able to check to out some of the updates that we've made from that, which will be really cool. So, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah. Now, as, as we touched on before, there's so many other pillars as well. I mean, you've spoken about viral tweets, for example, and I guess there was yes. one in particular, um, a certain Superman Unreal 5. Uh, yeah, man. You'd put together that uh, took off. Yeah, literally. Off into the oh, sky, yeah, yeah, man. Very, well, well done. The delivery yeah. hasn't totally uh, broken me yet. Yeah, that's it. So it was, uh, so obviously toy box is like what I do with my team and stuff. Um, but I like doing like, I guess what I'd consider little like thought experiments or proof, proof concepts, uh, in my spare time. And this, uh, you know, Unreal Engine 5 had literally just dropped. Uh, and as part of that epic release, the Matrix Awakens demo, which was like that yes. massive city that they built that just showcased the incredible technology and stuff like that. And I remember playing it and you're walking around as the character from, from the, the demo that they made. And you can hop in cars and drive and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, this this sucks. I want to fly around in this thing, right? Um, and I just, I knew that, like, based on some previous, like, GIFs and stuff that I'd up- uploaded to, like, Reddit and, and uh, Twitter, that, like, there's a real hunger for, like, a modern Superman game. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. people are, like, super keen on the idea of something that could be done, like, in a really effective modern way. It was always just one of those um, tricky things that people, you know, weren't sure how it would work. Yeah, and, and stuff like that. the strongest man in the room every single time. And exactly right. Yeah, and, like, and I can totally appreciate that that can be very, very difficult to work around, right? Um, if, I would, if I had a dream game, it would be to work on a Superman game. And I know how I would tackle it. I'm not willing to talk about it here today, but no, I know, how, I know how I would tackle it if I ever got the opportunity to work on the IP. But um, the first thing that I decided I wanted to do when making this demo was I was like, I'm going to build it purely from the perspective of what I consider to be the most important functional element of superman so like when i say most important functional element i mean the thing that he does obviously he inspires hope and he's a hero and he's meant to be the best of us and and stuff like that but in terms of like functionality the thing that i think is synonymous with superman when you think about him is his ability to fly right you fly through the city and you've got these beautiful like sweeping moments and all that sort of stuff so i'm like i'm gonna take the matrix demo all right i'm just gonna take this thing and i'm gonna add a superman character to it i'm gonna for lack of a better term mod it even though i was doing it in unreal and i was doing things that i understood from like a, a game development side of things it was basically a mod but i knew i wanted to do it in a way that i didn't just want to give players access to this to see a video i wanted to give them the ability to play it which turns out was a really smart idea because then youtube exploded because they could actually download it and take their own footage and talk about it and all this other sort of stuff and it was like a tangible thing that you could play to see how a superman game might work all you could do was fly that's all i gave you the ability to do but even the sense of like speed and movement through this city when you can fly at super speeds, which is obviously something Epic hadn't originally intended the city to be done for, right? But the fact that you could fly above the skyline and you could look out over it and you could fly at incredible speeds down like the highway and stuff, it just like, it felt really visceral. Yeah, it was a proof of concept, but it felt so visceral. And I genuinely think that like in a triple A scenario, if that wasn't something that was put out there in the wild and that was kind of like, you know, for investors or like a pitch or something like that, it would have been a fantastic thing to use as a pitch because it proved that even something simple as flight can be done in a really interesting way. And I remember like a ton of, obviously a ton of media covered it, right? And I remember like, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were saying like one of the things that was like, so so cool about it is just like it seems up until this point that we haven't really seen 
a way that you can achieve flight with a character like Superman that feels visceral to play because of that issue of him feeling so powerful. Like, I guess you look at, like, games like Anthem and stuff like that that experiment with flight, but it's all about... It's still very slow. It's like a mechanical yeah, machine. And exactly. But then you look at, say, um, like, Spider-Man, when they just nailed the swing and that sense of, like, movement around the city, and it kind of proved that, like how a hero could move through the world. So how do you give a, a character limitless ability to move throughout the world, right? Where they don't have to even attach to anything with a web, but they can literally just go up and fly. How would that look? And to my credit, I think that's something that I achieved like really well with Absolutely. regards to like how it looks and stuff like that. So anyway, I put it out there and the rest is history. It just exploded. Like people went nuts for it. I think it's got like... It's easily got like if you go to the top couple of videos on YouTube, it's I mean, easily even, over the tens even the of millions tweet on of your, your even the tweet yeah. on your Twitter account now. Like the, I mean, it's pinned and it's mm -hmm. sixteen and a half thousand likes. There's thousands mm. of shares, and that's let alone you know, obviously all the other platforms that you've spoken about. That's right. So that was just Twitter YouTube through everyone else's footage too. So yeah, absolutely. I think so. That was on Twitter on Reddit. It got to like it was like front page for like three days. I think it got like it got over like a hundred thousand. And what, what was your head doing at that particular point? Because you don't, oh, I mean, you, I don't, just, you don't make these things for, for that sort of traction all of a sudden. But no, I just I just do it for fun. And like it's in those moments, it's like super exciting. It's a little bit intimidating as well. Okay. And there's always part of you that's like, because it's so funny. One of the things that I've noticed, like when I started working at GMG, which is where I work for my day job, right? Almost every single person at the studio knew about this project but no one knew about me, right? And there's always this part of you that's like, oh man, like, is, can I capitalize on this? Can I like make it work for Toybox a bit better and stuff like that? But when I think when you start thinking about things that way, and I noticed it a little bit, even when thinking about like how I could maybe use that traction to help Toybox a little bit, you start tainting the thing that people liked about it in the first place, which is I think people just liked the idea that, yeah, that there was like, there was just this thing that they could check out that like really showcased how cool like a Superman game could be. Um, and yeah, so it was it was interesting in that regard. And of course, you're freaking out the whole time. Like, I think I went through, I went through seven file sharing platforms because each one kept limiting out because they were getting too much traffic from people trying to download the project. <laughs> and I just had no way to, like, I had like no way to work around it. Like Google blocked me. Media file blocked me. Like all of these things were just like, there's too much traffic. You can't be doing this anymore. So I had to like have just like seven different ones that people could like pull from. Just get it and from I think, one of these. Yeah, just get it from one of these. I think I landed on one, which was like, I ended up paying like five bucks a month just so that it could have like unlimited foot traffic because it was just like absolute chaos. But like even, um, even like, so I put it up on itch.io, the actual yeah. like project itself. And the project has like, I think it's like 250,000 downloads. Like I'll, I'll that by indie quiz while we're chatting, but yeah, yeah, that by like indie standards is like a monstrous success, right? If you were to put that out now, of course it's a free thing, right? That kind of went viral and stuff, but even then, that's just like a really cool thing to see that like it just had like so many downloads for you to check out. Um, yeah, it was just it was just really really cool, and it was just exciting. Like it's it's cool to know that I've I've had this kind of stuff happen. I'm actually like if I'm being honest, I'm actually like starting to kind of have a little bit of an understanding of what you need to do in order to make sure you go viral a little bit, right? Like in terms of like timing and stuff like that. And, you know, like I've, I'd been viral twice at this point. One for when I did my, I did like a Pokemon scene years ago that went yep. viral on Reddit, uh, which was just like a really cool Unreal scene. This, the second time was when I did my Superman in Unreal demo which was just a gif it was like five seconds of footage of like flying into the sunset and that went absolutely nuts right this one i knew that i wanted to go like bigger so there's part of you that hopes it'll be really successful because obviously ue 5s all in the in the twitter space and what's what everyone's talking about and stuff like that and everyone's talking about this city so to get something that's clearly a hook which is like modern superman game you hope that that stuff will kind of do well but you can never really prepare yourself for the no. fact that when you put it up there and then you look and fight it's been five minutes and all of a sudden you can't keep up with the comments anymore you know like it's a very Good surreal have, feeling yeah. it's a great problem to have and i'm really happy we kind of hit that same thing with hollow hero as well like when we put that up on twitter we were just like we couldn't keep up with it right it's like it's what you always dream of in terms of like getting that kind of access but like the superman thing was on it was on like a different level like in terms of just no, how I mean, many people biggest, checked it out one of the biggest names and licenses in the world yeah that's it right it was it was gonna explode that's it and then yeah and then 
again, like I said, I think the fact that people could actually download and play it, even though it was an absolute PC killer, like I hadn't optimized it at all, the fact that people could just throw the best graphics card they had at it and then they'd be able to fly around in this thing and get like really good performance and stuff. It meant people can make their own videos from it and stuff as well. And I love it because like two weeks later, the amount of clones that started appearing oh, on YouTube, because people realized it wasn't that hard to take the Matrix City and then just add your own character to it and stuff, right? Like there was a few things that I did that were like clever little finesses. Like I noticed for the longest time, no one was putting characters up that had capes. Because I had to be, I had to actually dig into Unreal, like into the engine, pretty hard to figure out how to turn the cape physics on. Because they disabled it in a certain way to make the Matrix demo works. Yeah. Right. Uh, so there was all this like these weird tricks that I had to do, which ended up being a, a in the next part of this story was actually a key thing that I knew, which was like I was like I know that they've stolen my project because I know no one else was able to figure out how to get the cape physics working. Yeah, please, um, please but, go for yeah. that part too. So yeah, so it was all that sort of stuff. So that that was super interesting. So that was when it went viral, and then more recently, so I think it must have been like six months after I'd first made it, um, I en- the project ended up going viral again, but for a completely different reason. So I'd woken up, and I'd been sent a message on Reddit from someone basically telling me that they think my game is up on Steam, right? And I'm like, okay, it's a bit weird. So I clicked the link safely to make sure it's not like a bad, bad yeah, yeah, thing or exactly, anything yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, so I, I checked all that stuff before I went there and um, yeah, it took me to Steam and here it was. It was this thing called Hero City and it looked exactly like my project. Now, I'm not an irrational human being, right? And I was like, it's entirely plausible that someone's just done the exact same thing I did and they've put it up online, right? Yeah, like, what, it instead. whatever. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to get upset about that. You know, it's fine. I put it up there for free. That's cool. If they've built it in Unreal and they've just built their own Superman character around it, that's fine. But my, I did start to pigeonhole a little bit. I was questioning it a bit because I'm like, man, that character looks a lot like the character that I kind of designed, right? Um, the same colors and everything, but I was like, yeah, I'll benefit of the doubt. So I, I watched a couple of videos and stuff like that. And the more I watched it and saw how the movement worked, I was like, this is absolutely my game, okay. right? Like, absolutely. Now, if these people had have taken my project off itch.io and uploaded it to Steam, even if it was under their name and they put it up there for free... I wouldn't have cared because the whole point was that it was there for people to enjoy as like a proof of concept. What I couldn't tolerate was that they were selling this thing for like 50 Australian dollars, right, at one point, and they were claiming all these features that they were going to add to it, and it instantly screamed scam. And I couldn't stand it, especially considering that my name was all over this thing. The thing that really got to me is I started getting messages from people like completely random people attacking you, that right? were getting that were attacking me because they were like why would you put this piece of shit scam up on steam and i'm like bro like it wasn't me <laughs> i didn't do this right yeah, but like some how people, do I... that's not even enough that's not enough and like how do i how do i prove myself against it so i went through all of the standard stuff the dmca takedown and all that sort of stuff through steam and no matter how hard i tried um nothing happened eventually the I, I used developers very loosely, but the team that had put that stuff up there or the, the one person or whatever ended up blocking me from the games uh, community. So I couldn't like message people and be like, don't do this. They were constantly deleting messages that were basically saying this is a scam, don't buy it, blah, 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 blah. Like super shady shit, right? Like they would, oh, of course. For like, they would like, excuse, excuse my language, but they no, were being fine. just assholes. Like that's what they oh, were being. No, they were being no, real totally douchebags, right? Like they were being so shit. And like, even now I get so angry just thinking about it, right? I'm like the audacity to do something yeah. like that. Yeah, it just really is. And, you know, and I was just there and it was all this sort of stuff. And I'd done like all these, like all these takedowns and just nothing had worked at this point. I tried to do it like the official way, right? Then I wake up the next morning after like, like after a couple of weeks of like trying to fight this battle and YouTube has emailed me saying they've taken down my channel. My channel that has existed for like 10 years at this point has all of my art projects from like when I was in university all the way up through all the stuff I'd made, including my Superman video, which proved that I made this thing six months before um, before, before this game. game actually became available. Now, as a way to defend themselves, this this group on Steam started basically saying like, oh, I'm a disgruntled developer 
that was working with them and I'm just trying to like make money off it and stuff. And my response was all like, why would I put it up for free if I was trying to make money off it? That doesn't make any <laughs> all, sense, all, man. Like, yeah, it was the most irrational over. shit I'd ever heard, you know? And it's just like, the problem is that they only have to catch a few people in the net that are just, you know, just ignorant. They just don't understand like what the situation the is or they, just, yeah. they don't have history with it. You know, so it's not their fault. They just didn't realize, you know? But I'm just like, the fact that these people are making money off this and right. And I was like, you know what? I need to know. Like, 100% without a shadow of a doubt, I need to know. So I bought the game. I spent my own money on Steam. I bought the game and I opened it up. And can you believe it? The opening level literally has the message signed by me that I put in the opening level that I made custom. There's like, this is a Superman proof of concept made by me for fun, blah, 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 blah. I hope you enjoy. There's two doors. Go through the left one for a more optimized experience and the right one if you want to see the whole city. Signed, Tyson. And I'm like, these bitches! I couldn't believe it! I was fuming! Um, But then, of course, they've taken my YouTube channel channel and all this sort of stuff. And what turned from like just an overwhelming rage started to turn into defeat right yeah. because i'm not i'm not a super prominent or well-known developer and stuff like that and i'm just like i just don't know what to do like i just i was giving up i was giving up the fight right and i ended up doing like one last thing where like after my youtube was taken down i ended up posting on on twitter and i was like look does anyone have any experience with youtube like i just i don't know what to do like these guys they're just they're beating me down i just can't compete with the fact that both youtube's and steam systems are so clearly skewed the wrong way right like it's so easy to dmca strike someone's youtube channel with zero evidence but you have to provide all this evidence to fight it back and one of the big reasons actually i forgot this but one of the big reasons i was felt so defeated was in order to get my youtube channel back in order to make that claim i had to put in an official rebuttal which meant i had to provide my legal name address my physical address and all that, all this legal stuff in order to fight back. And the people that made that claim would get access to all that information. According to YouTube, when I was reading through that document, I'm like, so you're telling the people that are like actively ruining my life for the past month. Are then all of a sudden going to have access to every single bit of my personal information. Like, are you shitting me? There's no way that this is like legitimate. Right. So of course I was just, I felt completely defeated. I was like, I guess I like in the morning I can have a chat with like our lawyer, uh, we have a, obviously a toy box. Yeah. We have a lawyer, Cam, and he's like, he's an, Cam Rogers, amazing lawyer. I was like, I guess I can contact him and he can maybe help me out or something like that. But I'm going to have to go through the legal process to deal with this because the worst part was, despite all of it, it wasn't just the scam. It was the fact that they were dragging my name through yeah, the mud defamed at the same time. I was like, why? what's with the aggression towards me? I guess the aggression was because I was so aggressively trying to defend yeah, against yeah. it, right? I was clapping back. And it was like, but it became this whole thing. Anyway, I put it up and I was like, all right, this is like, I'm screwed. There's nothing I can do about it. And then bless this man with infinite blessings for the rest of his life. Rami Ismail. I, I don't know if you know Rami. Yeah, but I he's know a, Rami. He's, no, he's, very, he's a very prominent... He's on the show and he's an amazing he's a, individual. He's an amazing human being and he's a lot more prominent within the indie space than I am. Luckily, he just happens to be following me yeah. on Twitter, right? And he's the first person to like this thing. And he sends me a message and he's like, is this like, is this real? Like what's going on? Right. And I, I basically told him the exact same story that I've just told to you now. Um, and his response was just like, don't worry, we'll get this sorted. And he retweets it and then boom, 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 boom. And it just starts exploding. And then a couple of like journalists get onto it. Right. And they're just like, this is bullshit, man. Like, you know, and you're like the whole like aggressiveness compiles, and yeah, stuff. Right they're just like, compiles into this whole witch hunt and stuff like that. Um, and then it boom, boom, and I was like, I reckon, so it had gone crazy for like an hour. This was like one in the morning at this point. I had work. I was like, I need to go to bed. Like, I can't but stay I can't with this. I've, 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 I've messaged as many people as I possibly can about this. We'll just have to see. I wake up the next morning and I have two emails in my inbox, one from Steam and one from YouTube, both of them saying that we've reviewed your, your DMCA claims. Uh, and we've discovered that the the stuff that you were claiming against was in fact fraudulent. So YouTube had returned my YouTube channel and Steam had removed the game, right? I'm like, oh my God. So what do I do? The, the first thing I do is I get up, uh, get up and I check out uh, Twitter, right? And this thing has exploded. I've got people sending me messages. They're like, dude, you're all over Google. Like Facebook is sending me news report after news report that this like Superman game had been stolen, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, I'm starting to feel a bit better, right? Because like, thank God. And I this sort of stuff was happening. Like that's it. I'm like, thank 
God. But then I remember commenting afterwards, like I actually like did another post. I'm like, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's like kind of rallied behind me and stuff like that. But there's a lot to be said about the fact that I needed to get lucky enough that basically you know mob me. that mob mentality was the only thing that was going to push the hands of these two big corporates, right? Yeah. Because up until this point, they had not given a single thought. I was at the mercy of their automated systems. And the second that this blew up and they were getting a ton of neg- negative press, they were like, oh, we should probably go and actually yeah, get someone to review this and check it out, right? That's it. And oh, man, it's like, I remember now, I still chuckle to myself so much because YouTube's official Twitter actually responded to my thing and they're like oh look like it's just part of the process man you just got to do it the way that you got to do it we don't make the rules and i'm like you do make the rules right like you can literally reverse this and they're like no 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 you just got to do it the official way like we have these things in place for a reason and underneath holy crap people were ripping on the shreds <laughs> it was actually like quite poetic if i'm being honest but this anyway like, the background, yeah, and... oh it's so funny because you just see like people just like this is ridiculous and because obviously a lot of small youtubers that are also at the mercy of these systems were starting to chime in as well like they didn't even care about the game they just yeah, cared that not, youtube was being a douchebag yeah and, and that and it just it became this whole thing and then yeah they just didn't comment again and then six hours later an email appeared in my inbox right um but of course it, it exploded once again it was a massive like i think in many ways it was a very clickbaity sort of title which obviously like you know it was very easy to like grab onto but it was also like a classic like oh you know this little this like little indie guys just released this thing for free for fun and now some scammers have stolen it and they're trying to sell it and stuff like it just had it had all the best elements of what would make up like a really interesting story so as a result even compared to when so when the game when i first put it out there it exploded but it didn't explode the same way the second time did with in terms of like journalistic yeah. Um. Like you know, different like different. media yeah. covering. It was very different because it, the first one was just a here's a really cool thing to check out, and then so a lot of creators were like check out this really cool thing. But the second one was like this story is like ridiculous, right? The fact well, that this is a even story that um, lives beyond yeah. the game itself. It's exactly it's a right. Of a yeah. Larger problem that these platforms have. Yeah. Exactly right. So yeah, it became this this whole other thing, and like even now I'm getting like I'm getting like worked up just thinking about like the, what the whole process was and stuff, but. Thankfully, I was able to report at the end that, like, you know, it worked out. I even remember, like, even Alana Pierce, like, reached out yep. to me at one point. Like, a ton of, like, really prominent people reached out and they were like, you know, this is bull crap. Like, we'll get to the bottom of it and stuff. And a ton of, just a ton of, like, um, yeah, like, different journalists. I think someone even from IGN reached out to me just to con- corroborate my story and stuff. I'm like, look, it's all the same. Like, everything I've told everyone, it's all true. Like, it's it's 100% true and stuff. But, like, even yourself, right? Even you, like, you know, yeah, reached out to me and, like, and I appreciated it so much much you know because even just having like a couple of people being like yeah look like we believe you and this is shit you know it's like it's nice to have a little bit of that backing you know what i mean so and you get enough yeah. of that backing all of a sudden it becomes a all of a sudden it explodes you know and it has YouTube. it has to start somewhere that's it so yeah um I, I, again i mean obviously it's been months now but all i can say is just such a massive thank you to everyone that sort of just elevated that that cry for help because uh I, I, it could very it could very well be the case that I didn't get lucky that like you know Rami didn't see it and then I'm I just nothing happened I've lost my YouTube channel and everything and just nothing could be done about it you know like that's an entirely plausible scenario that could have could have happened so yeah thankfully thankfully that wasn't how things ended though thank and, uh... God man <laughs> I'm like so happy that that is not what actually happened because oh God I was like I was almost in tears at one point from that thing man it was an ordeal it was an ordeal yeah and then there's the other pillar which is as you've kind of touched on the day to day with uh, with Grease Monkey. It's, GMG. Um, I mean, yeah. we're, we're we're crushing it this episode, and it's 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 been awesome so far. But let's let's lean into that a little bit as well. And um, yeah, cool. How, so on, traveling too. On top of all of the things that I do, <laughs> none of this uh, is the day to day. None of it's my day to day. It's got nothing to do with what I do between the hours of nine a.m. and five p.m. Um, yeah. So obviously, I got to make money. I got to survive. I got to eat food. I got to pay bills. 
And that's where the lovely folks over at Grease Monkey Games here in Melbourne come into it. So uh, they're a, uh, a company that specializes in like motorsport, specifically yep. uh, like drifting and stuff like that, which is really, which is really, really cool. Um, I was brought on board to work as uh, one of their lighting artists and one of their Unreal experts, because obviously, you know, got to get more Unreal people in when they're trying to make something super ambitious and stuff. Uh, and I'm working on their new title, which is Talk Drift 2. Talk so that's a game yeah. that's currently in development. Um, and yeah, and that's, that's my day to day. It's a, uh, it was, it's a small studio that's growing very quickly. Like, I think we, uh, we got like a a good, a good amount of investment, which is like allowing us to sort of expand the team and stuff like that. So I think from, even from when I started, there's been like, I think like 15 new hires since that point so it's yeah. like rapidly becoming like a bigger studio um you know like aaron who is uh he's the owner and the like ceo main boss man of like gmg stuff like he even had to like i think rent out i think he rents it he had to rent out like the second building that was next to the office that they already had just so we could fit more Stop people it, yeah, in there right. yeah so it's like Why really it? rapidly growing it's actually really exciting stuff because like you know as much as i really love working on my own content Right, so like Holo Hero, like I love it, man. And like, if I had a choice, like I definitely want to be working on that stuff. But there's something really cool about working at GMG and working on like one. I really like cars, but I wouldn't consider myself a car guy. Like, if you told me to fix an engine, I wouldn't know what to do, right? And I know what cars I like, but I don't know every single car. And yet, we've got some some people that are at GMG that you could just like look at something, they name it exactly, right? But it opened me up to an experience of like. You know, racing games around the world, you think about like Forza's Gran Turismo, yeah. stuff like that. They're all known for just their incredible visual fidelity. Oh, yeah. Right? That, just, I mean, they look stunning, right? That's why you always so then, see them at the launch of a new console, for example. Yeah, because they, they just put in the spotlight. They just look dope, right? And then, so then I get brought into this space, and their answer is like, we want to make a hyper photo real game, right? And it affords me the opportunity to experience that, but experience that on the level of a closer to like a triple I standard, like, or a double A, like a, a really big team that's like has resources behind it so we can experiment with things that I just would never be able to do from an indie perspective. Yeah. And like, that's really, really cool. Like, the, you know, it's the, it's the same thing. You work anywhere. If you worked at like a AAA studio, you'll naturally learn things that you just like wouldn't experience otherwise just working in like a small team and stuff like that. And being able to do that at Grease Monkeys is like really, really exciting. Being able to build like environments and light cars in a way that I just like had never considered before, which is like rapidly increased my my like um my skill set in that regard yeah, right but then for, for yeah exactly models. right but then the other thing as well is like you know we're building we're building talk drift too obviously there's like a bunch of us working on it at a rate that is just far beyond what is being done at uh on holo hero but as a result i'm now doing things on td2 that i'm like oh man that'd be perfect to solve this solution in hollow hero you know what i mean so like even just things like making sure that my stuff is optimized in a way that i just never considered from like yeah. an indie perspective and stuff like that so um yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be a gameplay system that's transferable it's yeah it's just just general bonus, skills yeah. and stuff yeah absolutely um you know so that's all that's all uh really really cool and i'm I've actually i think it's just under two weeks i'll have been there for a year um Time so yeah time flies um but it's been a really good year and you know as you can imagine like it's you know the the work culture is actually like super super solid probably the best of any place i've ever worked which is great all the people are amazing as well so yeah no i'm i'm really really happy with it like um in terms of like what if if i didn't have like a million dollars to spend on my own stuff that i'm trying to make like this is a very happy place to be for me where like I'm working on stuff that I'm still super passionate about um, and, you know, it pays the bills. So happy days. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic yeah. here. And uh, I mean, another game as well as, as well as Hollow Hero to True. keep our eyes out for going yeah. forward. So Absolutely. Spit, I mean, we've, we've touched on already. You're spitting a few plates there, but doing a fantastic job of it. And uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing what uh, comes of of talk drift 2 as well as, as well as Hollow Hero. Now, I appreciate we've it. touched on a, a quite a lot of uh, different working roles mm. that you're there, uh, dealing with at the moment and of course yeah some interesting stories and controversies along the way as well mm. um how are things shaping up from here i mean what's what's the road ahead look like at this particular point you've, you've got those multiple plates again we've kind of touched on there's no yeah. public facing timeline for things like hollow hero or or uh, talk drift yet but um mm. 
how are you feeling about the path that you're on? Really excited. Um, I think like I think I can speak for a lot of people where like the past couple of years, especially with like a global pandemic and stuff like that, it kind of just feels that that time evaporated a little bit. Like I often think back to those, those years and I'm just like, man, like it just, it I, it's a blur. <laughs> like, I, I think about like key memories that kind of happened during it, but I couldn't tell you what month or what year. Well, I mean, 2020 and 2022 on with the longest 10 years of my life. Straight up, man. Like, you know what I mean? It was 100%. It was like it was a decade of time in like two years. It was ridiculous. It was like it was like being in limbo. It just never stopped, you know? Um, it was like, yeah, it was just it was just crazy. And coming out the other side, like, it's just, I think it's a lot more optimistic now. Like, we're seeing kind of the, the fruits of our labors sort of coming together and stuff like that. Like, you know, I've, I'm doing a ton of my own personal stuff. Like, I'm just about to do a talk at Unreal Fest. Actually... Yes like next week from when we're talking and stuff like that. But that's like a talk that I'll be doing specifically on lighting. So that's like really exciting. I'm obviously really like really close to it with a bunch of the people at Epic here in Australia. So I'm really happy that I've been given that opportunity to talk. I'll be talking specifically about Talk Drift 2 up there and specifically like uh, one of the, the key systems that we have in it and lighting and stuff, which is really exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, just like, you know, Hollow Heroes moving forward, which is really exciting. We've confirmed that we're definitely going to be doing PAX Oz this year. We've got some other stuff in the background that's being worked on as well that I can't discuss yet just because we're not 100% sure what will happen. But that's really exciting, and we're hoping that that'll work out in a way that we're, we're super keen for. Um, and then, yeah, just in general, like, I'm working on my next... Uh, I won't met talk much project. about it, but I'm, I'm working on my next proof of concept, which will hopefully be a... Uh, a super viral sensation. So we'll we're, have to we're see. going back to the matrix and it's the yeah. flash this time. Oh no, it's actually not actually. I saw the flash. It's uh no, it's, it's something that is, it's not Superman, but it's, it's equally close to my heart. Uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm really looking forward to that, which would be no good. And then no spoilers. And then, um, yeah, so just, just, just working hard, man. Like just like lots going on. And I hope that within the, the next 18 months, uh, a lot of this stuff will be at a point where we can at least see the like the the final the finish line. Like we don't have to be at the finish line, but I'm hoping I'll be able to see the finish line. Yep. And at that point, I can start preparing a very well deserved break. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, I need one. You know what I mean? So, again, yeah. a, long, a long ten years between 2020 and That's right. Yeah, it's everything around it's, too. Yeah, it's been a slog. So yeah, but look, just just really exciting stuff on the horizon. Like I'm just I'm just pumped. You know, it's gonna be good. And like, it's not just for like my stuff either. Like, I'm just really excited in general. Like you know, you and me were kind of talking about how exciting it is to see like you know Starfield and kind of like what's yeah. possible with games and stuff. But like, I even just think about games in general from like Australia. Like I've always oh, been super. Thing. It's wild, yeah. I've always been super passionate about what we can do in Australia and stuff like that. And I really want Toybox to be part of that, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I want, like, Primordials to be and stuff. But, you know, obviously, you know, like, Silk Song is going to go friggin' off when that comes out. And then, you know, um, Cold of the Lambs. Yeah, (laughs) Cold of of the Lambs done bits. And, like, you know, I know League of Geeks have got two games in development currently. It's just, uh, what else, um... Oh, chorus is going to be so cool! Like yep. you know, a, a you know a musical game and stuff. Like it's just things that like, I, even though I've had no direct impact on working on those things, it's just incredibly exciting to see what's being worked on. And also well, very well, humbling to know the kind of talent that's like out there in the backyard like, working on stuff. But yeah, it exactly is that right. old rising tide lifts all boats thing too. Hundred percent. I mean, a strong yeah. local industry bodes well for everyone else who's coming through in it because the instant you go, okay, and I mean we'll hone in on the the little bubble you know that is melbourne it's obviously been yeah. quite known for the longest time but you know oh my god look at all the stuff that's coming out of melbourne or look at the stuff that's coming yeah. out of here there whatever it happens to be and that like puts a spotlight on the place and all of a sudden you're looking okay what's the next thing coming out of this place and you start yeah absolutely you might find primordial primordials or you might find something else and there's so many of those games out there that are begging for that moment in the spotlight and Having, having all those games that you cited doing such mm. amazing things in this state and more broadly around the country is yeah. just, it's huge. It's very, very exciting, 100%. So, yeah, uh, I'm keen for the future. It's going to be good, so... Yeah, and uh, I mean, hmm. we'll have to make sure we chat again on the show in the future oh, as well, especially, yeah. especially yeah. debrief. Once, once, yeah. uh, once uh, 
Holy Heroes out, we'll have to debrief on the show. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think without a shadow of a doubt, I'll definitely be doing some kind of like talk at GCAP or something that'll be a uh, an in-depth sort of like, yeah, sort of um, autopsy sort of thing just to sort of like, you know, see kind of what happened and stuff like that, which would be really good. But yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to have just a chat with you because obviously you've been here for like the entire journey, right? So... Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's yeah. Of, you can you can bring your own insights into kind of like just watching it from an outside from perspective outside, as well. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. So it's it's very interesting stuff. So yeah. So I mean, as we wrap things up, and again, things have, things mm. have evolved so much since uh, we last spoke. So I want to make sure that uh, we can get all the updated information out there. If, if yes. people want to learn more about Talk Drift, they want to learn more about Hollow Hero, if they want to learn more about what you're up to, if they want to see what this new little side project, uh, passion project, happens to be that you're working on where should people go cool so uh we'll start with uh myself so uh at tj atomica on practically anything uh or just my name at this point you can actually google my name and pretty comfortably have many 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 things come up about me at this point mostly about the superman thing but um that'll that'll include my (laughs) profiles and stuff like that it'll it'll direct back to me so yeah at tj atomica that's my youtube twitter all that sort of stuff uh, for Toybox, it's at TBX, so Toybox, at TBX Games. That's things like Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, and then TikTok and all this other sort of stuff where we put things up, and our YouTube as well. Um, so you can find us on stuff like that. Um, and then there's uh, GMG as well. So there is Grease Monkey Games. So if you look up GMG, you'll be able to find their content. It's GMG Studios on Twitter. But I'd actually recommend looking up Talk Motorsport. That's actually like the big major brand that's actually being worked on by GMG. Um, so Talk Motorsport is where you'll be able to find everything with regards to like Talk Drift and Talk Drift 2. But you'll also get to see a ton of the really cool stuff that we're working on, like uh, merch and clothes. And, and our really talented marketing team is just doing some like super wild stuff behind the scenes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Talkmotorsport.io is a, is a great Yeah, that's the, that's the website as well. as well. So, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. So make sure to check all that stuff out. Tyson's doing mm. some amazing things, uh, involved in so many more amazing things as well. Um, and make sure to keep your eyes out, as, especially as, as it being the project that we followed most closely for many years now. Make sure to keep your eyes out for for Primordials when that release uh, eventually comes. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to chat again about it, mate. Um, cool. I look forward to so it. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Paul. It's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Cheers. And listeners, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. that concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, it's been Tyson's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.